As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Whiskey Mistress, and it's her show, she knows about whiskey. Hi, this is Debbie Shoker on Believe in the Whiskey Mistress on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? We've been talking about the production of whiskey for a number of weeks now, and I think I'd like to take a little break from that this week and talk not about whiskey production, but whiskey drinking. (laughs) It's a big question, isn't it? Like, how should I drink my whiskey? Well, Fred No says you should drink it any way you like. Okay, he used a little more colorful language than that, but you know, he's right. Drink it the way you like it, but drink good whiskey. I often see looks of embarrassment on the faces of people who are who are asking me if it's okay to put ice in it or to mix their whiskey with soda. The answer, of course, is yes. It's a matter of personal preference at the end of the day. And, th- you know, that's why there's like more than 15 different styles of yogurt, 70 brands of hot dogs, and 78,000 kinds of bread. Yeah, I did make those numbers up. But really, drink your whiskey the way you like it. Just make sure you drink good whiskey. You know, you're going to get that happy juice effect no matter which one you drink. So make it a good one. And let it be a full sensory pleasure trip. Good whiskey is a luxury. Indulge yourself. Okay, so how to drink it? Well, let's talk about the options then. So looking for a whiskey cocktail? Here's one you probably haven't tried. Bourbon and cranberry juice. I've heard it called a 57 T-Bird. I call it delicious. And it's one of my favorite things to have when I'm out drinking whiskey if I'm going to have a cocktail. How about drinking it on the rocks or with one single large ice cube? Yep, those are good options too. But what about a classic cocktail like a Manhattan? You know, it's a staple in any good bartender's repertoire. Better yet, you can make one for yourself. Wow, I really need to be giving you more recipes here, don't I? Hmm. The Turf Club Cocktail, Jockey Club Cocktail, and Manhattan Cocktail. It's, it's been called a number of things down through the years. 
It's possible the recipe was invented independently in more than one place, kind of like calculus. <laughs> yes, yes, I did just compare a tasty adult beverage to calculus. Best we can tell, the Manhattan dates back to about the 1860s, probably from the New York bar culture of the time. But there are a couple of really lovely legends attributed to its official invention. One claims a Mr. Black created the cocktail at the Hoffman House in New York City. But there's a much more fanciful account that gives credit to a Dr. Ian Marshall, who supposedly created the Manhattan cocktail for a certain Lady Randolph Churchill's party at the Manhattan Club. Okay, you know, Lady Randolph Churchill. See, sometime later, Lady Churchill, she had a son, and she named him Winston. Ah, see, now you can see how that story is the much more fanciful one. And the truth is, we really just don't know the exact origin of the Manhattan cocktail, but the Manhattan Club still claims it, and we still drink it. The fact is, sometime in the mid to late 1800s, drinking whiskey with vermouth and bitters, it came into fashion, and it just stayed there. You see, the Manhattan, it's brilliantly simple, and it is simply delicious. And here's how you can make one for your very own self if you don't have a good bartender handy. You can use any kind of whiskey, but it is important, and I really, really can't stress this enough. It's important to use good whiskey. And it doesn't have to be spendy to be good. Remember, remember something here. You'll hear me say this again and again. Cocktails, they're the corollary to good cuisine. You start off with good quality ingredients, you'll end up with a good product, a great product. You start off with crap, well, there you go. That's what you have, especially in cocktails. So yes, the quality of the liquor in your cocktail makes a world of difference. Come on, I'm sure you've said at some point, air quotes, oh, I'm mixing it, it doesn't matter what I use. Sure it does. Trust me. So, traditionally, the Manhattan is made with bourbon or rye whiskey, but really you can use any whiskey you like. There's only three ingredients you'll need. Whiskey, sweet vermouth, and bitters. Angostura bitters is really the classic one to use here. Into a bar mixing glass, which is essentially just a pint glass, pour two ounces of whiskey one ounce of sweet vermouth, and three dashes of bitters. Now, if you've never used bitters before, it has a, a top designed um, kind of like Worcestershire sauce so that it, it doesn't actually pour. You can add a dash of it each time you turn the bottle over your mixing glass and give it a gentle shake. So now you have the ingredients all in your mixing glass, the whiskey, the vermouth, and the bitters. Fill your mixing glass with ice and stir. Yep stir about 15 times and then strain it into a chilled martini glass. Garnishing? Well, that's just as simple as a cherry, but here again, I'm telling you the quality matters. I highly recommend using a Luxardo or Filthy Cherry over those beautiful, beautiful, I know they're beautiful, those bright red maraschinos. The better cherries, they add to the richness of your cocktail. And in the Manhattan, I really think the Luxardo cherries uh, sort of magnify um, 
and they magnify and at the same time help focus all those flavor complexities. And congratulations, you just made your very own classic Manhattan cocktail. You don't want to drink it in a martini glass, you say. You don't want to walk around with a foo-foo glass? Well, just simply pour all the ingredients into an empty highball glass and then fill it with ice. No need to stir. The ice will, it's going to agitate it just fine enough. And don't forget the cherry garnish. And there are a couple of variations, two very simple variations I'd like to tell you about. Actually, it'll probably end up being three. (laughs) If you use the dry vermouth instead of a sweet vermouth, it's then called a dry Manhattan. And as the name implies, it's going to be less sweet. It'll be more dry. If you use half sweet vermouth and half dry vermouth, you've just made a perfect Manhattan. Now, let me tell you, most bars you go to, your bartender is not going to know what a perfect Manhattan is. So that's a really fun stump the bartender drink. And if your bartender does know what it is, don't just tip your hat to him. Slip him a little extra, you know, to show your appreciation. Oh, and the other one, the third one. If you decide to make your Manhattan with a Scotch whiskey, it's then called a Rob Roy. Rob Roy was a historical figure, uh, blah, blah, blah. They made a couple of really interesting movies about it. We'll cover that some other time. But you can, look, you can really impress your friends and your in-laws and your family and your roommates. Make them a Manhattan. And I don't mean go, poof, you're a Manhattan. That is not at all what I mean. And that's something I would say, but you're welcome to say it. At the very least, make a Manhattan for yourself. Yeah, you're welcome. Now, if you're enjoying this show, please subscribe. Rate the show five stars on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can also follow me, The Whiskey Mistress, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. for whiskey stories you know there's something i've been wanting to read to you it uh, was a speech made by a a mr noah s sweat jr in 1952 and um, this is a speech he gave before the mississippi state legislature the subject of course was whiskey And it just so happens that back then in 1952, the prohibition of alcohol, well, that was still in effect in Mississippi at the time. And I just think this is a marvelous speech. And for some time, I've been wanting to share this with you. So I'm going to do so right now, forthwith. If when you say whiskey, you mean the devil's brew, the poison scourge, the bloody monster that defiles innocence, dethrones reason, destroys the home, creates misery and poverty, yet literally takes the bread from the mouths of little children. If you mean the evil drink that topples the Christian man and woman from the pinnacle of righteous, gracious living into the bottomless pit of degradation and despair and shame and helplessness and hopelessness, then certainly I am against it. If when you say whiskey, you mean the oil of conversation, the philosophic wine, 
The ale that is consumed when good fellows get together that puts a song in their hearts and laughter on their lips and the warm glow of contentment in their eyes. If you mean Christmas cheer, if you mean the stimulating drink that puts the spring in the old gentleman's step on a frosty, crispy morning, if you mean the drink which enables a man to magnify his joy and his happiness and to forget if only for a little while life's great tragedies and heartaches and sorrows. If you mean that drink, the sale of which pours into our treasuries untold millions of dollars, which are used to provide tender care for our little crippled children, our blind, our deaf, our dumb, our pitiful, aged, and infirm, to build highways and hospitals and schools then certainly I am for it. Yeah, I got nothing to add to that. I just thought that was really cool, and I wanted to share it with you. I have a little note in my phone where I, I it's called podcast notes, and I, I take notes, or I make little notes each week of the things I want to make sure to mention uh, the following week. And this week... I hope, first of all, that you are all staying very safe and very well. And my thanks this week goes out to the truck drivers who make this nation, well, most nations, make them move. Everything everything in your house, probably except the electricity and the water, came on a truck. And without the truck drivers, uh, our, our way of living really, really struggles. And so I want to thank the truck drivers. They have, they have a, uh, a pretty challenging routine under the best of circumstances. But right now, with all the truck stops and so many restaurants and things closed, it's even more challenging. And I know here in California, I believe Governor Newsom, uh, he just said that food trucks could start serving the truck drivers at the rest stops. And I think that's wonderful. Uh, thank you, Governor Newsom, for that. And, but I want to thank those truck drivers. Everything I have has depended on you. And for all of you out there, I'm sure it, I know it applies to you as well. And if you happen to be a truck driver, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'd love to hear from you. So uh, please send me an email. Um, Oh, and by the way, I realized last week, gee, I'm giving my email out at every, every, every opportunity. I, I must have mentioned it like three or four times last week. That was a little embarrassing when I listened back to it, but I was too lazy to edit it out. So I'm going to give it to you this one time. I'll try to limit it to uh, one time per week. My email address is believe in the whiskey mistress at gmail.com. That's believe, B L E A V, in the whiskey, whiskey with an E, mistress at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, any suggestions, any comments, if you want to correct me on anything, I'm fine with that. Um, I did want to also mention something kind of fun which is neither here nor there has nothing really to do with whiskey but uh one of my one of my favorite people in the world see I'm cooking a whole lot more since I'm home and I'm becoming a much better cook and last week I uh I actually made homemade samosas and they were really really good they were vegetarian I'm not a vegetarian but I made vegetarian samosas 
because I wanted to start easy. And they were really good. And um, one of my favorite people in the whole world, it was so funny. She said, uh, <laughs> samosas, I thought you were talking about, wait a minute, what's that cocktail I like so much? And she was thinking of a mimosa. Yeah, you know who you are. I know you're listening and I love you. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Wanted to share that with you. Um, there's something else here. Oh, oh, when I talk about uh, any cocktails or anything that involves... Uh, last week I was talking about the shot glass made of bacon. Don't forget, whenever I mention smoked meats or pork or bacon, you can always, of course, use turkey bacon or smoked turkey, because I find that smoked turkey tastes just like ham, um, or, or any other smoked, smoked meat. These things, you can substitute any sort of... Uh, smoked meat for the pork if you don't eat pork. And lastly, I wanted to say something that I, that I think is really amazing about these, these times that we live in, the age of the internet and everything. It, it fascinates me that used to be, not too terribly long ago, if you wanted to do research, you went to the library. Um, maybe some of you remember, some of you don't, but you went to the library. There was something called the Dewey Decimal System. You, you had to look at periodicals physically. You had to do physical research. And it was, it was rather cumbersome, and it was a really big deal. And today, I walk around with a little Mr. Know-it-all in my pocket. And if I want to know, how do I make a great samosa? Uh, I, I, I just ask, ask my, my little computer, my pocket computer, my phone knows everything. It's amazing. But what that has also done is it has created a worldwide societal communication thing where the reason we can find out the answer to anything, the reason we can get those great recipes, the reason we can learn all the life hacks is because we're all able to put that information out there knowing that it's probably going to be useful to someone. And when I talk about whiskey, um, some of the clients that I, I talk with are, are people who are, you know, some of them are well known, some of them uh, may not may not be well known, but they, they have a, a very uh, interesting or, or high profile job or um, or very specialized scientific what or doctor or something. And they they look at me when I'm when I'm talking about whiskey as if I'm this I don't know, this uh, savant who just, you know, but and but I so when I they start to look at me like that, I get a little embarrassed. And I like to tell them, you know what? We all know something. I don't know what you know. And this is what I'm telling all of you right now. I don't know what you know. I don't know how to take care of a horse, fix a car, build a rocket. And apparently uh, there's a lot of plants I don't know how to keep alive. But I can talk about whiskey for two hours and not repeat myself because we all know something. And I think it's just really so cool that the internet has made it possible for us to all share these little bits of information that we know with one another. It's, it's wonderful. And you know, if we all know something, and if we all knew the same thing, it would be a very boring and very complicated world because I need people who know how to fix my car and we need people who know 
how to make rockets. And, and I hope somebody out there can help me keep all my plants alive. So that was really all I wanted to say. I hope everything is going swimmingly well, swimmingly well, <laughs> well, I hope everything's going swimmingly in your world. Um, please, if you can, stay home, be safe, be still. The wave hasn't passed us yet, certainly not in my neck of the woods. And I, I want you all to be well. So I, I read something that said uh, the reason we're all staying apart right now is so that when we gather together again, nobody's missing. So be safe. God bless. Thanks for listening. Join me next week on Believe in the Whiskey Mistress right here on the Believe Podcast Network. The Whiskey Mistress And it's her show She knows about whiskey and stuff You know So don't miss this mistress's show Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.